0: Yeah. Listen, God, God's working. God's working, and, and it's exciting all that he's doing. How many of you sense in the spirit God's up to something big? He is. He's working. And uh, I'm just glad we're a part of it. Amen. Amen. All right, let's open up our Bibles. I want to share with you today, and I'm not going to keep you too long, uh, Independence Day weekend. So we're going to be celebrating Independence Day, July the 4th, of course, um, on Tuesday. And so how many of you, do any of you have Monday off as well as Tuesday. Monday and Tuesday. Ooh, some of y'all got two days off. Hello. Glory to God. Hmm? Oh, you guys, are, you, it's your birthday tomorrow? Happy birthday. Nice. Well, praise the Lord. Look at him trying to play it cool. See, I, that's what I like about y'all. I, I like that about y'all. They'd be like, hmm we're, we're cool. Uh, pray for them a card. Pray for them two cars, because y'all want two cars, right? You don't want to have to share. That's pray for them two cars. And uh, what do do y'all want, Toyotas or? Tesla. (laughs) Yeah, you know where Gabe lives, Tesla. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow, we will, we're going to pray for God to supply everything. Uh, also uh, she's not in here but it's olivia's birthday this week anybody else have a birthday this week that we missed Raphael. bailey that's right bailey happy birthday bailey also and rafael's birthday was this no as y'all's anniversary this week and his birthday, and his birthday. so happy anniversary and happy birthday to rafael and even though he's not here he'll listen so uh praise god hmm? oh i thought you had another birthday Somebody's birthday's coming. I mean, t- today's July the 1st, and she's already like, my birthday? She, she celebrated a birth month. As you, as you get older, it would be like birth year, you know? But anyway, yeah, July the 11th, Pastor Annie will turn 32 years old. <laughs> no, no, she's not 32. But anyway, she looked 32. She's like, I'll be the speed limit. Well, now I used to be the speed limit. Now, but anyway, I'm excited about Pastor Andy's birthday, and that'll be our anniversary on the 23rd. We'll be married 35 years on our anniversary. Then my birthday will be on the 31st. So we got lots of birthdays. Lots of birthdays. Who else is it? David. uh, David is the uh, 11th. No, not the. Yeah, David. uh, David Martin. His birthday will be the 9th next Sunday. Yeah. Eric. That's right. Eric's birthday is this. Come on now, got some July birthdays up in here. Yeah. Praise God! Oh, oh! You've been a four-year. How many years? Has it been that long? Four years. Wow! Praise God! So lots of celebrations going on in July. Um, but th- for those of you that have the day off, congratulations. I mean, congratulations. Um, enjoy your, enjoy your time off. I am not preaching an Independence Day message. So, <laughs> open your, open your Bible's with me. <laughs> open your Bible's with me, the book of Acts. I'm going to tell you what the Holy Spirit was talking to me about, um, while we were at this camp. And, uh, Acts chapter nine, <clears throat> Acts chapter nine, Or, um, should I yeah, amen. Oh you know what? Yeah. Uh no, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, no, I don't know, y'all. I I have it in I have it in my heart. I just didn't put it together in my head. <laughs> I got all my scriptures marked. I just didn't I didn't put them in any order. Because <laughs> uh, I was I was sitting there and I didn't. You know, usually I'll write some notes, but I there was just so much that the Lord was telling me uh, when it came to the word, you know, instead of, instead of start, let's not start in Acts. Let's start in, um, let's start in Genesis chapter 28, Genesis 28. And we'll, we'll just, we'll go from there. And, um, I preached a message, uh, last year. Uh, I think we called it the house of the Lord, the house of the Lord. Anybody remember that message? If you, if you don't remember it, you're about to get a recap. (laughs) the house of the Lord. And, um, you know, when we talk about, when we talk about things and I had been listening to a, uh, pastor Ruben, uh, Villanueva in Ohio, my cousin had sent me a, a link to a message that a fellow by the name of Bill Johnson preached. I, I, now uh, maybe, maybe you don't know who Bill Johnson is. He pastors a church. He pastors Bethel in Redding, uh, California. Uh, I've never been to Bethel church. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the disclaimer because I don't really know Bill Johnson. I've never met him. Actually, I've never heard an entire message that that man has preached. So I, I'm not validating his ministry. I'm not taking away from his ministry. I don't know nothing about this man other than he's the pastor at Bethel. A lot of people hold him in very high regard. They respect the, man, the man's ministry, his gifting, his anointing. And from what I've seen of Bill Johnson, I can't blame him. The dude, I've heard him say some pretty incredible things. And uh, just little blurbs and little things that I've heard him say uh, definitely has his finger on the pulse, I think, of what the Holy Spirit is trying to say and trying to work in our generation. But anyway, when he was talking, he was talking about um, how that in the Word of God, the first time you see anything talked about in the Word of God is very important because the first time you see something in scripture, it, uh, it paints a picture, an accurate picture of what God intends for that to be. In, in other words, you can, you can understand the meaning of what God was trying to get across by looking at firsts. So when you see the first place in scripture where it talks about the house of God, you know, we have all kinds of ideas about the house of God, the house of the Lord. Uh, You know, when we come to church, when we come, I'll be honest with you. When I come here, I call this the house of God. Now we call this building, the house of God, the church, the house of God. Now, is this really where God lives? Well, when we're here, when, when we're here, He's here. Why? Because we're temples of the Spirit of God. We're temples of the living God. He's only here because we're here. Amen. Amen. Now, again, don't get me wrong, because there have been times that I've gone into church buildings when the people weren't there, and the Lord was there. It was, it was strange. It was unusual. It was like people had been there, and yes. they had been there in the presence of God yes. so much, it was almost as if right. the presence of God had saturated the yes. carpet and the yes. chairs yes. and the wall. Uh, I remember when revival was going on in, um, over there in Florida at uh, Pensacola, at the church there, uh, there were people that were working, doing maintenance uh, during the revival, that when there was no one in the building, I remember they talked about an AC heat and air guy going to do work on the heat and air uh, during a time when no one was there during that revival and how they found him arrested by the Holy Ghost. Laying under the power of God. No one had prayed for him. That guy didn't even know what was going on at that church. But because the anointing of the Spirit had been working in that building and in that place, there was almost like a residue of the anointing and of the Spirit of God that remained in the place that, effect, that affected him. But, uh, but the, the, when you look at the house, when, we, when, we, when you look at firsts in the Bible, the first time anything happened, it, it'll paint an accurate picture. And so I'm going to read you the scripture in Genesis 28 of the first time we hear the term, the house of the Lord in scripture. So it says, uh, this is talking about uh, Jacob. Uh, let's, let's read from verse 10. It says, And Jacob went out, 28:10. And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran, and he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillow. Boy, you listen, you got to be desperate to use a stone for a pillow. And lay down in that place. To, now, I've seen Ted. Ted could use a stone for a pillow because he's been that tired. Anyway. Uh, verse twelve and he dreamed and behold a ladder set up on earth, and the top of it reached to heaven, and behold the angels of God ascending and descending on it now no, notice what he saw in this dream. he saw a ladder now of course we can we we can. Um, when we, when we think of ladder, I know we got a few roofers up in here. When you think of a ladder, you're thinking of a, you know, a, something you climb up and down. But you know, here's, here's the thing you could also take away from this verse of Scripture. They saw a ladder. They saw a gate. An o- he saw an opening in the dream. He saw a doorway or a gate between two dimensions. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac. The land whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed. And he goes on to tell him some other things. Now look at verse 16. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. Surely, the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. You know what? That, that statement is a good representation, I think, of most of, of most cr- Christian people, most churches in the United States of America uh, and around the world. Um, the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. There's a lot of people that don't really understand or know the measure at which God is in. This place. Right, that's right. And he was afraid and said, how dreadful. Uh, and of course, we, we see that dreadful as being something bad. But what he was saying was that was a, a, a place that was, uh, caused him to be in awe. Yeah, that's right. It caused him to be in awe. If he said, what an awful place. It just meant he was awestruck by, he was dumbfounded. It wasn't that it was dreadful in the sense that it was bad. It was dreadful in the sense that it was, it brought him to a place of, it was surreal. He was undone. You know, we've been talking about that. When you get in the presence of God, you know how you, know how you can identify when you've really been fully into the presence of God? You will be undone. You know, most of us, maybe we've had that happen on occasion, but I believe that in these last days, we're coming to a time where uh, that's going to be a regular occurrence and not just an occasional happening. Amen. You know, during times when you're out of season, when, when, when you're in between moves of the spirit, because we, what we've been talking about is navigating the environment of the spirit, uh, determining where we're at in the in the scheme of things where things are at in the spirit. That's what we've been talking about on Sundays here uh, at Winters Church. Koinonia, how did that how did how did your coinonia's go? Did you guys were you guys able to open up some things and share some things that were helpful? Lots of lot huh did you say yeah. no Shri? Oh I thought you said no. I was like, oh man, you're gone. I was like where'd you go to Koinonia? <laughs> uh, 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 We've been talking about navigating. We, we need to learn how to navigate the environment of the spirit. You know why? Because the Bible tells us this. If you're not in the spirit, you can't please God. Right. That's right. If you're not in the spirit, according to Romans 8 uh, and according to Galatians chapter 5, if you're, if you're in the flesh and you're not in the spirit, you can't please God, number one. Number two, you can't do the things that God wants you to do. You can't do the will of God. Do you know it's impossible to do the will of God when you're in the flesh, well, right. when you're not in the spirit? So to do the will of God, you have to be in the spirit. You have to be able to navigate the spirit. Yes. Okay. You know what? Let me, let me, let me tell you this. Um, any, do we have any athletes here? Anybody play basketball, football? We got some athletes. Uh, <laughs> the Tally family here. <laughs> I know. No, we got Titus over here. Titus like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Zedrick back there, he's a, he does he does sports. Um, so some of you that do sports, uh, and, and Lewis will probably attest to this, probably, you know, and Monte, and well, all of y'all, there are times when you're in sports that you people call it getting in the zone, where you it's just something happens to you and. It's almost like you can do no wrong. I mean, if you're playing basketball, you could be on that three-point line and you're in the zone, man. You just, you can't miss. I mean, you're not going to miss a three-pointer and you just keep sinking them and everybody's just like, oh, everybody goes crazy because they know it's almost supernatural. Yes, that's right. It's almost supernatural. And if you had to recreate it on another day, you couldn't recreate it if you tried. You couldn't recreate. There's just some days that you're in that, in that place. You're in that, you're in that zone that no one can get you out of that zone. Well, I heard, I heard one man say this, that athletes are actually getting in, the, they're tapping into the spirit realm when they do that. Even if they're not Christians, they're tapping into a spiritual place. He says what's dangerous is, is that they. the only way you're supposed to access the things of the spirit is through Jesus and his name. And so when you get in there and you don't have access through the name of Jesus, you open up yourself to a lot of wrong spirits. Right. But right. I'm not sure whether I just thought I'd toss that in there because I heard Curry Blake say that one time and I'm not sure that that's true uh, or not, but I do know that there's something about being in that, in that place, being in that zone, being in that, in that area. Well, I'm, I'm likening it to being in the Holy Ghost. When you get over in the spirit, the longer you stay there, the more effective you are the more transformational it is to your life. The less you're there, the less it affects you, the less transformational it is. You know, if all you have is an occasional experience with the supernatural, then uh, it's, it's the, the, the effect on your life is going to be minimal. Right. But the more uh, you have encounters with uh, that, that uh, supernatural realm, the more transformative it's going to be to your life and the more effective it's going to be at helping you to fulfill God's purpose and to fulfill God's will in every area of your life, financially, physically, spiritually, emotionally, every area of your life. Gil and I were talking this morning and I, I talked with uh, Cherie about this. Um, I talked with my wife about this. No, w- w- I talked with my wife about a part of this. Uh, you know, I, I, we, we purchased a new truck um, I'm real big about taking care of the stuff that I buy. So I put a ceramic coating on my truck. I, I detailed, put a ceramic coating on it, trying to get it prepared for driving regularly. And while I'm doing it, you know, what started happening to me? I started reminiscing about people that had traveled with me in ministry. I've had lots of people travel with me over the years in ministry. Um, <clears throat> Go from revival to revival, from move of the Spirit to move of the Spirit. I mean, if I sat here and named them all, you'd be shocked at how many people have come and gone from this ministry. Now, some of them, in their, in their, you know, uh, in the time that they were with me, they grew in the Spirit. God really did something in them. Some of them were just cantankerous and and uh, uh, they were hard-headed and and uh, bull. You know, they they were bull-headed and and um, uh, they didn't listen much. And their departure wasn't so good as others. Some people left because they were moving on to things that God had for them. Some people left because they didn't like me. Uh, some people were let go. Oh, okay. yeah. You understand? So there, were, there, there are different ways that, you know, uh, people interacted with. But I'll tell, you, I'll tell you this. All of them at some point were in the spirit more regularly than they had ever been before in their lives. Okay. Because being in that environment of revival necessitates you getting over into the Spirit. Amen. And getting over there more more frequently in the Spirit brings about more transformation. Now, does does having supernatural encounters and being in the Spirit... uh, uh, more frequently. Does that keep you from being in the flesh? Well, it it's helpful in keeping you out of the flesh. But you're still gonna have to wrestle with the flesh. Cause, oh, he, cause here I am I'm I'm i I'm I'm coating my my um my truck and um I start thinking about these people that have traveled with me. And I started thinking about certain ones in particular. Ones that I love with all of my heart and I poured my life in, and I poured the life of God, and I poured the Word of God into these folks regularly, and uh, I I inconvenienced my life, my marriage, my family, to try to help uh, bring these people to a place where they would realize the things that God had for them. Some of You know, Annie and I, after we first got married, we had people live with us for the, what what would you guess? First 15 years of our marriage, we had people living with us. I mean, when we had people come stay with us, I mean, I would go after these people that were backslidden, then bring them to live with us. They would travel with me. We fed them. We housed them. We didn't require a penny from them. They didn't pay rent. They didn't pay for their food. We took care of these people. Do you know that some of these people resent the time that they were with us? That's right. The very people we had poured our lives in. We we met with one of them, and he said, you never let us do anything. I was like, what are you talking about? Well, we would travel, and you make us stay at the hotel, and we couldn't even have no fun. I was like, are you kidding me? You were working. That's right. You were working. Well, you know, I, I, we had to, you made us dress a certain way. I was like, dude, you work at McDonald's. Do they make you dress a certain way there? I mean, this guy's 40 something years old, still working at McDonald's. That's how, you know, this is how messed up you can get if you don't open yourself to the Spirit. 40 something years old, the dude is still working at McDonald's. I said, you're working at McDonald's right now. I said, do you get to go in there dressed in a Burger King uniform? Do you get to wear whatever you want when you go to work? No, when you go to work at McDonald's, you're there to work. Right. When you see a big party of people come in, looks like they're having a good time. Do you get to go out from behind the counter and join the party? When they're, you know, when they used to have birthday parties at McDonald's, did you get to sit down and have a piece of cake because there were people there having cake? No, you were working. I said, dude, we're, we were working. We were working. I said, did you, did you have to pay for a meal? Did you have to pay for your hotel? Did you have to pay for your dry cleaning? Did you ever put a tank of gas in the truck that you were driving in? Did you make a payment on the truck that got you to where you were going? My God, did you ever put any hours in driving? Or did, or did Ted do all of that? I remember this guy said that he said, Well, you know, I, I can't. I, whenever I, whenever I, you guys put me out on the street. You lived with us for two years rent free. We fed you for two years. We asked, you to not, we asked you to not bring men into our house and have homosexual relationships with them under our roof and you couldn't do it. We didn't put you on the street. You put you on the street. Yeah. Are you so twisted ahead, that you don't understand? This is. These are the kinds of things that we have seen in life. When when this fellow said this he said this while we were sitting in the kitchen of Annie's parents house and there was a butcher knife very close to Pastor Annie and I had to I had to get up and stand between her and the knife just to keep this fellow safe because Annie had not yet frequently been in the presence of the Lord she would, you know what I was like Well listen she was hot man she was she was like are you kidding me when you went on, when you chose to go out on the, in fact, when he ended up on the street and ended up in jail, Annie had gone that very day that he left, went to the house of his boyfriend That's right. where he was hiding yeah. Went and knocked on the door and said, I know you're in there. Come out here. Pounded on the windows and said, you are not fooling me. I know you're in there. In the name of Jesus, come out of there. And, you know, she's, she's doing everything she could. We did everything we could to rescue them. That's right. Go ahead, man. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you know, after all of that, they're not saying good things about us. We didn't help them. We were controlling. It was your job. Go ahead now. That's like y'all going and doing military and saying, they're so controlling. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> it's like we had a job to do. Are y'all with me? Go ahead now. There's somebody like, what's the point? You're going to get the point here in a second. I'm, I'm working, I'm working you there. You don't know it, but I'm setting you up. Um, so I'm, I'm think, I'm, think, I, I, don't know why, but as I'm, I'm thinking on these things. And then recently, I had an interaction with one of the others, and it was like, you never call me, you're, you you will not even come to my funeral. And this person told Ted, he, "Brother Ziggy probably won't even show up for my funeral. I always have to chase him down, and he never he never makes any effort to." Uh, Ted Ted goes, "Man, he ain't coming to your funeral if he's in revival." man. <laughs> That's right. You're probably right. He probably won't attend if he's in revival. You probably on your own. Brother Ted said, well, you know what? You can find you can find brother. Zeke. You, you've always known where to find Brother Zeke. Brother Zeke has been in the same place for the last uh, 37 years in church. That's right. I see him every all the time. Yeah, he, Ted said, I see him nearly every day. Because I know where he's at. I know where to find him. That's right. He's in the same place he's always been. Where are you at? Go ahead. Now I'm saying this for I'm saying this for a reason, because we're talking about We're talking about getting in the spirit, right? Getting in the spirit. So I'm thinking on this. Now, you know what? When this person had backslidden and had embezzled money from the company that he was working for, was in legal trouble, was away from God, his wife had left him. Listen, his wife didn't only leave him. She took everything. Uh, she took everything. Furniture, clothing, his clothing. Man, she took the fridge. She took everything. She took a apply- blind... She pulled fixtures off the wall. You understand what I'm saying? She took everything. Everything. She was pregnant. he never saw his child. I mean this was a this was a bad thing yeah, that's right. and we went to minister to him now he en- he ended up living with us for a period of time. Last time I saw him, it was a thing of how the and Ted was with me. This was recent. you know uh, somehow or another we hadn't done enough mm-hmm. I, I tried to give him some spiritual advice and 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 instead, he was trying to, you know, turn things in a, in a way that it was, it, was, it was bizarre. It's like, I, I finally just, I just finally, I just finally put my hands up and was like, ah, go to hell then. I didn't, I didn't say it. I thought it. I mean, that, I wasn't cussing. I was just like, you don't want to go to heaven, just go to hell. But anyway, <laughs> I know that sounded bad, didn't it? But anyway. Uh, but I was thinking about it. And as you're thinking on the... You know, as you're thinking on... the, uh, I'm, just, I'm mentioning it to you all, and some of you all are like... Oh, oh, oh. I'm watching y'all's faces. Oh. It, there's a roller coaster of emotions that happen with that. Well, you know, when you're the one who has tried to pour out... Now, granted, I'm sure we didn't do everything perfect. Right, of course. I am positive that we did do it. I'm sure that there were situations that I could have handled differently. Things I could have said, I could have said it in a different way. Things that I could have done, I could have done it in a different way. But you know what? 90, 95% of the time we were probably doing pretty good. Okay. But I've got people that I poured my life into that want to obsess about the 5% that wasn't maybe done right. Do you know what happens? Do you know what happens when you don't determine and intentionally decide that you're going to navigate the waters of the spirit and learn how to flow in the spirit, and learn how to get over there in the Holy Ghost, you're going to obsess about the 5% and forget about the 95%. I was, I, like I said, I was talking to y'all, I was talking to Annie, I was talking to Shree about this. You know, um, all of y'all do stupid stuff and I am, I, and I am a witness to it. Sometimes we talk about it privately and I'm not going to put your business out there. But sometimes we talk about it privately. The stuff that you, Pastor Zig, I really messed up. Da, 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 da. Do you know I don't spend my time wringing my hands thinking about those things that y'all do that are stupid? Right. Because most of the time, y'all don't do stupid stuff. Go ahead, most of the time, the stuff that y'all do is <laughs> exceptional. Thank the it's, most of the time, it's That's better right. than most people right. do. Thank the Lord. Amen. Lindsay, you're hard on yourself. Most of the time, listen, most of the time, you do awesome stuff. But sometimes we personally have a tendency to obsess about the small stuff. Come on. You know, most of the time, if we ever, if we... uh, because uh, there, have been, there have been several people over the years have left church uh, angry. Some of them never came back. Others came back later, which I think is awesome. But some, some of them never came back. They left angry. And they left angry because they, they looked at the 5% of what I say and do and forgot about the 95%. You ever hear anybody say this about me? All he talks about is money. Well, y'all know if you go over the recordings, you know good and well, that's not all I talk about. <laughs> if we put a percentage on it, maybe 5%, you know, if it, top, maybe less. See what's happening. Are y'all hearing this? What's happening is, is that when we're in the flesh, then we mind the things of the flesh. But we're in when we're in the spirit, we mind the things of the spirit. So... So so does does OPZ sometimes struggle with the flesh? Yeah, while I'm ceramic coating and I'm thinking about those things. Do you know what? Do you know what my mind want? Miss Rhonda, do you know what my mind wanted me to go? You know what my mind started telling me? And the devil joined right in with my mind. The devil, you know, had I said it out loud and I'd have been around carnal people, they probably would have, they probably would have joined in too if I'd have said that. But in my mind, I said this. I said, I wonder if they would have done the same for me that I did for them. I wonder if they would have treated me. I wonder if I was in need if they'd come running to help me. Hmm. I love them and I care for them, but I'm not sure they would reciprocate it. Do you know that's not you know that kind of thinking isn't God? That was that was that was PZ's old flesh. Yes, sir. That was that old natural man and old nature that was buried with Christ that didn't rise when I rose. But see, when you when you spend time frequently in the spirit, do you know what happens when you spend time in the spirit and you're frequently in the presence of God? When when that begins to roll out of your flesh, and the devil, like I said, the devil was like, mm-hmm. You're underappreciated. People, all people want to do is take, take, take from you. People just want to use you. You have a you have a right to be angry. To be leery. You know what? Just don't talk to them no more. Uh, Take the dust off of your feet. Ichabod is written over their lives. But you know what? You know what happens to me when that starts to go on? All of a sudden, out of my spirit, the Lord said, Yeah, but you never did that for them. Right. Right. He said, You loved them, but you didn't house them because you loved them. Right. You didn't go after them because right. you loved them. Right. You didn't go after them because they was your friends. Come on. You didn't pour into them because you, you know, he said, you did that because I said, if you've done it for the least of these, my brethren, right. you have done it unto me. Right. That's right. You know, all of a sudden the devil got kind of freaked out. My old flesh started to bow its knee to yes. the spirit. Okay. life I had has been hidden in Christ. Come on. The old man that I was is buried with him. Amen. Oh, yeah. My new man is resurrected in him. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. It's no longer me that lives, but it's Jesus living in me. Yes. Amen. Are y'all hearing this today? Oh yeah. I know I know this is this one, this one's kind of tough to tough to hear because you know sometimes we want to feel like someone advocates for us. Well, you know what someone does? His name is Jesus. On, right. And he pleads your case every day before the Father God. You know, you have you have to you have to understand something. The only thing you're worthy of is death. That's right. Come on. None of you deserve anything good because we're all transgressors in the natural but because we have an advocate named Jesus who who suffered, who died who rose from the dead and who is now seated at the right hand of God, the Bible says to forever make intercession for you and for me, glory to God hallelujah, how can it get how can it get any better than that Listen, how can, how can we feel like that we... <laughs> I was watching a, a reel where someone said, how could God deal with people so harshly as to send them to hell? How could God be so, so, uh, so uh, barbaric in his ways of dealing with man? Why is he so intolerant and so un, in, insensitive? If, if we're supposed to believe in God, he's asking this of ministers. If we're to believe in God, how can we believe in God? And how can we believe in a loving God who would be so harsh as to deal with us by in the end, sending us to hell. If we don't, you know, if, if, if we're, if we're sinners, he goes, and the guy, the guy on the panel was like, are you kidding me? Why? Deal with you harshly. Yes. You're saying that God is dealing with us Why? harshly. We chose sinfulness and we chose ways of unrighteousness and he did everything he could yes. including sending his own son right. That's right. his only son right. he gave everything that he had in order to redeem mankind in order that we might not have to go to hell. We chose sin. And even though we chose sin while we were yet sinners, he sent his own son to die for us. He loved us when we were unlovable, when we didn't return and reciprocate that love. He loved us unconditionally and continues to love us unconditionally. And you're saying he's dealing with us harshly? Come on, now, Preach. Go ahead, man. You act like we deserve heaven. Come on, preach. Boy, I'm, I'm preaching right now. That's right. That's right. Thank God. We've never deserved heaven, church. We've never deserved the good things of God. We've never deserved the blessing of the Lord. None of us deserve it. None of us, none of us can earn it. Go ahead, man. And it's only by the Spirit that we can receive it. Oh yeah. Man, the Holy Spirit, he had to he had to help me out, Tyler. Cause you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to do what what a lot of people do. Allow myself to get over into bitterness and I was telling Sheree this on the way out of that because we were at that youth camp and, and, and I was talking about it. I said, you know, we all, we're all struggling. And I told her about that. I told her about it. I was thinking, you know, I told Annie I was thinking about it. In fact, I said it to Annie. You think they'd have done that for us? You know, she was quick to answer. She's like, heck no. <laughs> Heck, when I'm doing good, they're not. In fact, when I went and sat with the last guy, Ted and I went and talked to, this was recently. This was in the last year. I sat at the table with him and I said, you know, I feel farther away from God today than I've ever felt before in my entire life. There was a little glint in his eye like, (laughs) I'm I'm glad you finally figured it out. You're away from God. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's like, you don't get it. That's right. I've, I've, been in, I've been in that place. It, I, I, could, I could tell. You know, you can tell where people are at in That's their relationship right. with you. Right. You know, if you never come to that place where you feel far away from God, you're, ne- you're not That's getting close right. to That's God. Right. That's look, right. Look at me, y'all. Some right. of you all, you, you come to that place That's where you're like, I feel like I'm, Pastor, I just feel like I'm far away from God. You don't understand how good that is. Yes, come on. Yes. Ahead, Pastor, I just don't feel like I'm hitting the mark. Thank God. That's, right. That's right. Because the minute you feel like you're hitting the mark, you're going to rest on your laurels. That's right. Go ahead, man. You know why you don't feel like you've arrived at the destination? Because you're still on a journey. I looked across the table at those fellas, and I thought, my God, are you that far off of the path and away from the journey that you don't feel the same thing in your spirit that I feel? I've been at this for, for nearly 40 years, and today I don't feel like I'm any closer than I was when I walked the altar of a Mennonite church, and I'm telling you, I've seen the extraordinary things of God. You know what that says? I'm still on the path. I'm still on the boulevard. Okay. Boy, that's. But to get joy, Mm -hmm. to to have to to have to hear that you to have to think that you heard that someone is struggling, to feel good. Mm -hmm. Mm. Of course, I had to put the flesh down that day too, Miss Rhonda. (laughs) The old Ted was grinding his teeth. That's right. See old you could see his old, old, see his old <laughs> jaw muscles just a moving <laughs> <can't believe> <laughs> But does Jesus love them? Oh. Mm-hmm. Yes. A lot. Yes. Come on out. That's right. He wouldn't have sent him to live with us if he didn't. He wouldn't have sent us after him. I know I'm not going to finish. I'm not even going to get started with this. My God. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what will help you to begin to navigate those waters of the spirit? That, we don't, that, we, that we're not so consumed with the flesh. Yes, so that we're not so, so consumed not only with the flesh that works in us, but the flesh that works in others. Mm-hmm. That we don't look at one another and immediately recognize the flesh, but don't always recognize when the spirit is in operation right. or when someone is, come on. Amen. come on now. That's tough to do, especially when we feel like we've been attacked or we've been misunderstood. Early on in your Christian walk, boy, you, you struggle with those things. Later on, the word of God, like with me, word of God will start coming out of you when the devil tries to take it there. But, you know, you get 15, 16 years in. You know, some of you that have been at Winter's Church a year, you've had to struggle with some of them things. Here after a while, you won't struggle with it near as much. But then after you're here for about 17 years, you'll struggle with it again. You know, you know what the devil will tell you then? Look at all you've done and what do you have to show for it? I think they took advantage of you for 16 years. Did you ever get member of the court? <laughs> Pastor Zig said he was on the phone with so-and-so. You don't even have his number. It's been 17 years. (laughs) You know, the people that got my number should never got it. True, true, true. Not because I don't want to talk to you. Some people, they just can't control themselves. They They had me on speed dial. It's like Pastor Zig, then nine one one. I was telling, I was telling Gil today. You know, I don't think if you if you look at it in the right perspective. Let's say, and I believe this is going to happen, but let's say you know, um, you know, our church is not our church isn't the largest church today. You know, we're, we run anywhere between eighty and hundred people here at this church. Um, at some point, I think we all know we're not going to stay between 80 and 100. Right. Oh, yeah. That's not, we're not going to do that. Let's say we double in size. That's right. mm-hmm. Do y'all realize that the relationship that we currently have with one another, me as your pastor, you as you know members of this church, uh, uh, members of what we consider to be our spiritual, do you realize that If we get 100 people in here, those 100 people that come aren't going to have the same relationship with me that you and I have. They may never get to sit in my office and talk with me. They may never get to shoot me a text. Hey, Pastor, I hate to bother you. They may not get to call me on the phone and, hey, Pastor, I just had a question for you. Do you have a few minutes? Heck, they may not be able to catch me at the door. Hey, Pastor, can I have a moment of your time? Their kids may not come into my office and steal my chair. <laughs> y- y'all, y'all know what I'm you get what I'm saying? See, see, as we as we grow, it, it, it changes the dynamic of what we what we have going on here, and so we have to put things in the in the proper perspective. Go ahead, man. You have to understand God brought you here at this time mm-hmm. for a reason. And no matter how alienated some of you might feel at times, a couple, listen, I'm preaching right now. Yeah. I know some of you like, well. I'm still just trying to, I'm just trying to find my way through this. We know you are, but here's the deal. God brought you for such a time. Now, listen, it, it, here's the thing. 200 people, it is impossible. It, is impo- it would be impossible. I cannot go to everybody's, I, I, listen, I cannot go to everybody's house. I cannot, I cannot go to every, everybody's children's birthday. I cannot go to, to every celebration. There's no way. There's no way. Tyler's going to be showing up to a lot of stuff. We have 200 people. Brandon probably going to be showing up to some stuff. David's definitely going to be showing up to stuff. Heck, some of y'all are, some of y'all are going to be elevated into a whole new place. Some of y'all are going to do hospital visits. You're going to visit people in the hospital. You're going, you're going to lay your hands on them and pray for them. You're gonna take some of you. Go take. We were. I, was, I told Clint for Talisha. I was like, we're gonna try uh, if she had to stay because they were telling. They were predicting 21 days. In the and, and you know what? Immediately when they said that, I was like, I rebuked that in the right. name of. G- right. There's no stinking Yay. way, I would not stay in this place for 21 hours. Listen, I'd have been like Cherie's daddy when I saw Cherie's daddy in the hospital just before he passed away. I I walked in, and Cherie's daddy rose up out of that bed. He says, get me out of here. He knew when Cherie walked in that she was the one that could get it done. I mean, he looked right at her, and he's like, Cherie? She's like, yeah, get me out of here. He's like, pull the car up. (laughs) He's like, that's the one I need right there. She'll get me out of here. (laughs) <laughs> but, when I, but I was telling Clint depending on how long she is in there I said man we'll bring a guitar we'll sing some songs we'll have a church service right in here we'll break out the Bible you know, for 15, 20, 30 minutes we'll have church right there in the hospital there's no stinking way we're going to leave her in that environment like that man when I heard she was coming home I'm like thank you Jesus listen I did me, I did me a jig Talisha I shouted unto the Lord I'm like thank God you Know what? If we reach two, three hundred, five hundred people, Cherie uh, might be the one that shows up at the hospital. Lewis and Nakia may be the ones that show up. Hey, we've come to see you. Praise God. Right. Miss Rhonda yeah. roll up in there with her guitar. No, no, not with her guitar. But anyway, she roll up in there with her tape recorder or something. Rhonda have Singing. The theme of her own yeah, amen. Amen. So we say, uh, uh, Pastor Ziggy, can you marry us? Uh, well yeah, well, yeah, we can do your wedding here at the church. Miss Carolyn is going to do your marriage oh, counseling and uh right. she'll be officiating yes. the ceremony. Amen. Amen. Well, well, I want you, Pastor. Well, it's, that's that's as good as right. having me. Miss right. right. Carolyn has been here from the beginning. Right. She'll even throw in the jokes I threw in if you want her to. <laughs> Ivy, mean, she she's been to a few of these. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's. I, yeah, <laughs> I know it's some people get upset when I don't baptize, when I don't get in the water with them and baptize them. I'm like, number one, I don't even get. I mean, I take a shower and all. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I don't do baths. I don't get in yes. swimming pools. I just yes. don't. There's nothing appealing about that. I feel like Shamu when I get in. You know, I, I feel like someone's going to stand next to the deal with a with a fish, try to get me to do tricks, and I, I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't like that feeling so I try to say uh, although this next time I think I'm going to get in that water with since I've lost 25, 30 pounds you know gonna, but anyway <laughs> since I'm slimming now <laughs> but you know what yeah we, we've had Christina Fernandez in a bikini baptizing me you know, I probably should have been a little bit more discerning on that day, but uh, it didn't really hit me until we were watching the video, and I was like, Christina don't have hardly any clothes on, and she's baptizing these people, and uh, and they put it on Facebook. Yeah, they put it on Facebook. It's like, uh, maybe we need to take that down. <laughs> I mean, we did a little lapse in judgment there, but anyway, <laughs> this is, you know, we're in such a great place as a church. But listen, if you're going to make it, if you're going to make it to that place where God can really do all that he wants to do, we're going to have to navigate the waters of the Spirit. We're going we're to have to facilitate the presence of the Lord. Amen. Let me finish reading this verse and I'll be done. Uh, I, I'm not really done. I didn't even start. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, y'all do have off tomorrow. Yeah. Annie, Annie's like, I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you the day off, baby. <laughs> go, let's go to verse 16. Jacob waked out of sleep. He said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. Listen, Jesus is, Jesus is in this place. Yes, he is. He's in there. He's in there. That's right. Thank God. He's in there, Ty. Donnie's in there. Okay, amen. You did she say glad to hear it? She needs the Holy Ghost. Siri, <laughs> is glad to hear it. <laughs> mm-hmm. You, <laughs> I think it sounded like she was mocking us. Tell she's from California, but anyway. No, no, I shouldn't say that. There's good people. There's good people come out of California. They, huh? Out of, yes, yes, thank you, amen. Came out of. Out of the wilderness and into the promised land. I knew it not. Start to recognize, listen, I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what you're battling with. Lindsay, remember, God's presence is in you. God's presence is in you. The potential for extraordinary encounters with God and demonstrations of the spirit and the miraculous and the supernatural abide within and upon every single one of you that are in this place at any moment God could break out and do something so extraordinary it would curl your toenails and straighten your hair amen it says he was afraid and he said this place is dreadful uh, is this place uh, 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 how dreadful is this place and Uh, this is none other but the house of God. That's what he said. This is none other than the house of God and this is the gate of heaven. This is the gate of heaven. There wasn't a building on that site when he said this is the house of God. It was a pile of rocks that he had used as a pillow. And he said, this is the house of God. Signifying this, that the house of God isn't a building. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Go ahead, the house of God, in fact, it's, de- it's defined in the dream that he had. The house of God is a place where heaven meets earth. A gate, a portal between two dimensions, the third and the fourth. A place where angels can be seen coming and going. Where there's spiritual activity that's happening on the regular. Do you know where that place is? That place is in you. That's why, Rachel, that's why the devil tried to mess with you. Because the devil wants to try to persuade you that you don't carry that power. Come on, come on. That you don't have access to that place. But you know what? There is a gate. There is a ladder that joins two worlds, and it's in you. And the more fully persuaded you become of it, the more you open up the, uh, the uh, possibilities For God to exploit that understanding. You know, we've been in a time when those great demonstrations haven't been seen. But again, I've I've been trying to encourage you all with this. We're we're on the threshold of the greatest encounters that we've ever had with God. The greatest demonstrations we've ever seen happen by the Spirit. Uh, Let me finish reading these scriptures. It says, verse uh, 18, And Jacob rose up early in the morning. He took the stone that he had put for his pillows. He set it up for a pillar, poured oil on top of it. Verse 22, in this stone, which I have set for a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. Boy, that, and he started tithing. Come on, now. <laughs> Come on now. Then he started tithing to it. Oh, yeah. First thing he wanted to do when he discovered the house of the Lord is he wanted tithes. Isn't that crazy? That's the way men have always responded. They've responded in the way God intended for them to, in the spirit. You're the house of the Lord. Amen. You're the house of the Lord. Everywhere you go, you carry the portal of heaven. Amen. At any moment, you know, when I was a teenager, I'll give you this testimony and I'll quit. When I was a teenager, um, and I was seeking the Lord. Of course, I thought I had to always be praying and always be uh, uh, worshiping and always be praying in tongues. And, and so anywhere I went and anything I did, I was always in much prayer. And I was, I was, it was, I was unusual to be around. Okay. Just imagine how uncomfortable you would be. If you, at that time, you know, Brandon, if we'd gone to lunch, if you'd come to my house or, or we'd hung out together, all, all you would hear me all the time doing is... Okay. You'd be talking to me, I'd be like, this. I mean, we'd be sitting there, you'd never know when I'd be like, praise, praise God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's the way it was, wasn't it? I mean, I, would, that was, I lived in that place. You know why I lived in that place? Because if I didn't live in that place, I'd have gone back to the other. At that time it necessitated me being there. So everywhere I went, everywhere I went, I prayed and was always praying. But you know what? You know what happened during that time, Gil? Everywhere I went, Jesus showed up. That's right. If I went to a Christmas party, Jesus showed up. That's right. I remember one time they invited me to a, a Christmas party at somebody's house. I showed up, I was like, Shut Someone said, someone said, hey, you all right? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I just love the Lord, and, and uh, I'm just praying, and I just love Jesus, and oh, how... Listen, for real. Oh, how I love Jesus. I just begin to sing. Oh, how I love Jesus. Now, you have to ask Annie. She was there for some of this. I mean, I would, I'd, I'd start singing at the drop of... a People, It made people uncomfortable. Can you imagine being there? I mean, you're having a Christmas party. Everyone's drinking punch, eating cookies. There's about to be a gift exchange, and some weird kid rolls in. He's been praying in tongues under his breath, staring off into space. You ask him how he's doing, and he says, oh, he just loves the Lord, and starts singing, oh, how I love Jesus. And then, while in the middle of singing, it's standing up. For he, he is so wonderful. Okay. Tears just streaming down my face. That's right. Thank you, Lord. Well, by then I've got everybody's attention. Then I look over at someone and say, You have scoliosis. You have a curve in your spine. Jesus is going to heal you right now. That's right. Thank you, Jesus. And them look at me and me go over, lay my hands on them. The fire of God hit them and they end up on the floor. Oh, yeah. Pretty soon, a Christmas party is turned into a prayer meeting. That's right. oh, prayer meeting turned into a miracle service. That's right. Come on now. Listen, this wasn't just occasionally. This happened All the time. every All the time. Listen, I, it happened everywhere I went. You know why? Because that's I was now, now again, mind you, I didn't get invited back to many Christmas parties. <laughs> <laughs> you start to develop a reputation. That's right. Gabe and I. Gabe and I were driving. He reminded me of something. I love. I love. My, you, y'all know I love this kid. We're driving. We'd gone to lunch, and we saw someone not that c- comes to our church right now. I need to put this up. Gabe, come will you? So I know I'm finished. Um, so, oh man, I don't need to bang that up. <laughs> I hate stuff, looks banged up. Um, so we're driving, and we see someone from church in general, from church. <laughs> Not our church, but from church. And I'm like, hey, is that so-and-so? And Gabe's like, no, no, I don't think so. It, I said, no, I, I think it is. And Gabe's like, no, no, no. no. I said, no, mm-hmm, it is. They got the same thing in their ear. I th- no, they're, but they're, dad, they're holding a vape. I said, and I'm getting ready to roll down the window. He said, dad, do not roll down the window. Do not roll down the window, dad. He, they, they got a vape in their hand, dad. Dad, if I was off doing sin, I wouldn't want my pastor to roll down his window and say, even though it was my past, You don't want to be off in sin when your pastor's around. You don't want your pastor to catch you with a vape in your hand. You don't want that, Dad. Dad, just don't. Please, don't. Yeah. It's better if you don't say anything. Let's just keep driving. I said, you think so? He's like, yes. Yeah. So I didn't say a word. I didn't say a word. I just, I just drove on. I just, I just drove on. <laughs> but you know what? In those in those early days when I was when I was, you know, praying and and doing all the things, um, most of those people. That's how they felt. They felt like, man, I don't want to be around him. Knowing that I have these things in my life, do you know what those people didn't realize? They were the house of the Lord, just like I'm the house of the yeah. Lord. Oh, yeah. 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 You know what they're? You know what they were focusing on? The five percent, rather than ninety-five right. percent. Yeah. This is not the so message good. I intended to preach, but it's what it's what I said. So you, got Wednesday. You, got Wednesday. you know, quit quit obsessing. Listen, I know you're not good. Mm -hmm. I know that. You know I'm not good. Y'all know that? That's not to say that y'all think poorly of me. I'm not good, but I'm better than I was. You're not good, but you're better than you were. And the only reason you're better than you were is because of his influence in your life. Because of his spirit in you. That's right. Breaking out the church organ. <laughs> oh, how I love you! <laughs> <laughs> the only way that we're going to become more uh, engaged in that other realm is to concentrate on those parts. Of our life that had been influenced by the Holy Ghost. Ahead, it's, its not that we, you know, some people are like you—you you act like you're all. The-. No, we ain't acting anyway. Nope. Oh, no, he is. I realize, you know, my shortcomings, my fault, but the only way I'm going to overcome is not by obsessing over my shortcomings and faults, or in the shortcomings and in the faults of others. Yes, sir. That's right. We're going to love God stand up everybody we're going to we're going to love one another do you know that's the most important thing god wants us to do is to love one another to love him and to love one another that's the greatest that's the greatest part to love him and to love one another you say well i i need to lead, learn to lead. i need to learn to love myself first nowhere does the bible say you have to love yourself but you do have to love one another that's right well can you love other people without loving yourself oh absolutely in fact it's easier to love other people than it is to love yourself but you continue to you continue to let the love of God do its work in you and he'll transform you eventually you'll love the right things about your life the things that he touched the places where he worked man I I pray that I've given you something today that will help you not just through this week but will help you in life to yield to and to submit to and to surrender to the Holy Ghost in a way that is transformational. I'm tired of seeing people lose. I want to see people win. I want to see you win. Praise God. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Lord, we're appreciative (laughs) of what you've done for us. Lord, everything we've done, we've done for your honor and for your glory. (laughs) Help every one of us, Lord. Help every one of us. remember that we're the house of the Lord. That at any moment, at any time, in an instant, angels could come and go, reveal themselves in powerful, supernatural, extraordinary ways. Miracles could happen. Lord, give us a miracle mindset in the name of Jesus. Give us a miracle mindset in the name of Jesus. I think I heard Bill Winston say that this morning. Miracle mindsets in the name of Jesus. Nothing will release the miraculous like minds that are set on seeing miracles happen. Lord, may they not see miracles happening because Pastor came over. Miracles happen because Tyler prayed. Miracles happen because Cherie got bold. Miracles happen because Miss Rhonda laid hands. Miracles happen because Brother David was involved. Lord let them know miracles happen because they are the gate of heaven. They are the house of God. That in them is the portal that joins two worlds. That in them is the power to take and transport people from one realm to another. Lord, as we access that place, may miracles abound. May lives be transformed. May lives be changed. Not only the lives of others, but ours. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you with all of our hearts. Thank you that you chose us. Thank you, Lord, for helping us. Amen, amen, amen. Listen, if you need any kind of prayer, I want to open up the altars for you today. I I want the elders to come. If you're an elder in this church, uh, I want you to come. I want you to stand. We're going to pray for people here today. Come on, Marianne. Um, If you need prayer today, any kind of prayer, whether it's for healing, whether it's for deliverance, uh, the youth, man, they saw some deliverance this week. They was casting devils out of people this week. Uh, There is an anointing for deliverance. If you need prayer, come and stand and receive prayer from one of these elders. They're going to lay hands on you. They're going to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Come here, David. Does anybody else need prayer? All right. Uh, Elders, I want you to get with one or uh, maybe you might have to gang up on one or two if we don't have some more come forward to receive prayer. Yeah, there's some more coming. Thank God. Thank God. All right. Let's lay our hands on these. Let's pray for them. Let's believe God with them. No matter what it is. Find out and let's let's touch heaven. Let's let's believe God. Hold the glory. Come on, pray, pray with these that are here. Thank you.